for our Canadian lifters. Pure passion, real results, what you put in your body should matter. Pure Vita Labs PVL supplements are clean, tested, and approved. Powering athletes for over 25 years. They also power the KOTL podcast. You could trust PVL. Use code KOTL15 for partnership pricing at PVL.com. Okay. So you were just saying um, this is, you got an unexpected hurricane coming. <laughs> and so where are you right now? Looks, are you in, um, whereabouts are you right now? Looks like you're in a shelter or something, man. Oh, no, uh, my work truck. I got a F four fifty dually with a whole bed on it, welder, generator, all kinds of stuff. I'm for my job. I travel around to other clients' uh, spots and do PM inspections, oil changes, brake jobs, stuff like that. Okay, got you. So hurricanes coming, and this might be the last last podcast you ever do, right? Is that what? <laughs> uh, Say ain't my first one, so I'm not too scared, but yeah, it's just uh, oh, you know, stressful. I mean, I'm sure you guys go through the same stuff when you get 13, 14 inches of snow, you know, right? Well, I don't know, man. See, we, we get crazy snowstorms, like I'm in the Toronto region, and um, yeah, it could be like flash floods or, or sorry, flash freezing, uh, shit like that, but. Dude, a fucking hurricane rattles the shit out of me. Arian's in Florida, too, so he knows exactly what you're talking about. But when I hear hurricane, holy shit, man, that scares the shit out of me. It's just the ocean tornado. <laughs> except except yeah. you can see it sooner. What scares me more is like tornadoes and earthquakes because you don't know when it's coming. Oh, 100%. I'm, I'm originally from central Illinois. And as I said, the best thing about hurricanes, you know, three to four days in advance. But with tornadoes, it's 45 minutes and you got to get the hell out of there or tonker down in the basement. And you know, there's no basements around here. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I've never in my life seen a tornado or a hurricane. Man, you're lucky. Yeah. Like, I, I, it would be so. It would be so awe-inspiring to actually see a tornado in real life. 96, I was in the basement, and it picked my parents' house completely off the foundation and put it back down. That was pretty scary. Holy shit, man. Well, first of all, for your audio, there's there's some kind of crackling or something. I'm not sure what that is. It might be the rain, or it's because it's, it's automatically hooks up to my truck, so it could be that... Um, that freaking uh, oh, it could be. Oh, that's great. Uh, a little bit. Um, do you hear it here? It's like popcorn popping. Yeah, I hear, it, but I didn't know if it was rain or something else. Maybe. Kind of what it sounds like rain to me. That's. Um, I got I. I brought my iPods too, but I don't know if it'll let me not hook up to my truck. Possibly, yeah. Maybe we'll give him a shot. Do you want to give him a shot, maybe? You're almost like one of those news reporters live on the scene for one of these things, man. If we're sitting here, <laughs> you're like, look, I, at I the winds are picking up. And <laughs> I didn't even realize you're in uh, Daytona. <laughs> they have the, uh, well, yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm in Miami, so I was supposed to actually go to uh, Orlando to run a Special Olympics competition this weekend, but uh, Special Olympics Florida canceled it because of the storm. But it seems yeah. like the Strongman Games is still going through, which is in Daytona, but we'll see if that changes or not. 
No, there's no way. They uh, we just got an evacuation notice for the whole county. Like nobody on Seaside allowed unless you're a resident. So I saw one of the guys who uh, who's supposed to be running it uh, flew into Miami instead and driving up from Miami. But yeah, I guess maybe they're gonna have to cancel it. Ninety five. Ninety five is the worst three hours of my life coming from Miami. <laughs> First off, your audio is gold right now, so that was perfect. Um, Good deal. But yeah, no, I've never in my life seen a fucking hurricane. You saw your parents' house get picked off the ground and put back down over top of you? Yeah, yeah. It was actually like a the first F4 my town has ever seen. And it was insane. Like the bricks of the foundation came flying out and it was nuts. Dude, I can't imagine. The thing is like, I would love, like, I know it's one of those things that would be like, like terrifying to see in real life. But I don't want to have lived and died without seeing a fucking hurricane or a tornado. Sorry, a tornado without not, not a hurricane. I want to see a tornado. I got to see what in real life, man. I want to see it. Rel- I want to see it up close enough to be from the ground right to the fucking sky. It sounds uh, like it was cool. Like it was like we were out on the porch till like five minutes before it came into town and like just seeing the sky like turn green and pink and just swirl start swirling no it was like it was pretty dope but i, I was only 11 at the time so i mean it, i was terrified of course my dad he'd been through it all his whole life my hometown's like one of the ones in illinois that get gets hit the most so really? that's pretty crazy yeah. is that is that um so your dad wasn't even like was he not scared of you? i can't imagine no. seeing something like that it'd be like yeah whatever no he actually um directly after it happened he took his service truck up the street, grabbed three monkey wrenches, and just went to every house on the block, like every house that he could get to, and just started uh, turning off gas lines. That's all he did all night long. He's Whoosh. just that type of guy. Because <laughs> that's exactly where your mind goes. I wouldn't even thought about it, but you're right. Like that's the major issue. Is it's like an exposed gas line, and now some things are going to start blowing up, et cetera. Right. Right, exactly. Yeah, and then like I mean, you get some rain with a tornado, but nothing like what you get with a hurricane. But then, like right after, it's usually like hot, like hotter weather. So that's when like you know things get hot and sparks start to happen. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. electricity lines too. So yeah, especially if the gas lines get busted open from it, like houses get picked off, gas lines open up, and then all oh, of a sudden talking, you got gas yeah. going. We're talking three-story houses completely on their backside. Like, it picked houses completely off their foundation and just put them straight up and down. Yeah, like, that's insane. Our whole Third Avenue was destroyed. Then it took one trailer almost four blocks away and sent it back down again. Jeez. Like, it, what? Ha- if you're in that house and the top comes off and you look up and you just see the winds, like, you'll <laughs> if you survive that, it's insane, man. Yeah, no way. Uh, it's, it's scary. I mean, it, but it's all part of, you know, living where you live. You know, that's great because up there you're going to see four seasons. So, and uh, down here it's constantly summer. So, you just right. got to deal with the hurricanes and kind of move on. See, I where I'm at, uh, just south of Toronto, man, we get, like, we get winter. We get, like, ice and snow, but, man, that's not very scary. You know what I mean? You just stay home. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, whatever. Exactly. Yeah, that was kind of the way it was for Ian with us. Like, we just stayed home. Like, it wasn't a big deal. But this one's actually directly coming right towards us. Ian went south of us. So, hey, what yeah. can you do? Are you, Arian, are you like, are you guys, are you two both have to evacuate then? Uh, I don't. Uh, 
No, he's farther south. Like he's like the eye is coming about fifty to sixty miles south of where I'm directly at, and all the northern winds on top of it are making everything south like even dry. Like they're talking like Orlando might just get rain and wind, like the, the where it's not even going to hit them. But mm. now it's just hard to tell because it's been flip flopping and eh, even like with Ian, they one minute they said it was going to Tampa, then. A minute later, it knocked everything out of Fort Myers. So it's just, it's hard to tell where it's going. And everybody's, you know, a weatherman. The only person go to work every day, lie and get paid for it. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Those things can turn on a dime too when they're out in the ocean. When they're still on the, like, you never know which way it's going to go. Yep, exactly. But uh, so how have you been? It has been a hot minute since we had you on the podcast. Um, I mean, you've competed a lot this year. Has this been six times? Uh, I think it was five. Yeah, I was, I'm signed up for another meet in three weeks, but uh, still kind of on the fence about that. I haven't heard any direct answers from the meet director or the WRPF. It's kind of shady. I'm not real happy with the way it's been going down, but if anything, I'll go out there and hit openers and take their money and come back home. That's <laughs> kind of what I want to do. You know, like at this point, like it is just for me, it is just kind of a paper chase. Um, I've always said, you know, I love the climb more than I loved being on top. Um, yeah, so it, it, it's cool, but just stagnant. I've actually recently went back to bodybuilding and, like, um, training at a YMCA. It's been great. It's just throw my headphones in, and I don't have to talk to anybody, and I just run around with my 40-pound dumbbells, and nobody talks to me. So it's it's been good, but it's brought a lot more fun into my training, and now it's like – I train every single day. In the last eight years, I've never trained every single day like I have been recently. So it's been fun. Is it? Because obviously for anyone listening, you're still holder of, you know, the biggest raw total, raw with wraps total. Um, no one has really emerged, you know, is, it, you know, for a, a big showdown. And you've kind of been waiting. I, remember, I think the last time we talked, it's been a year or two. And we were talking about who might emerge. And nobody since then still has. Um, so was that kind of impacted in terms of your, your or, or do you think someone's emerging? Uh, I think, yeah, I think we did. We talked right before Peter took it from me. It might've been the December 20, somewhere around there. Maybe I, I can't, honestly, I can't remember. Oh, I know wait I, a second. I, yes. Yes, yeah. yes. You're right. You're right. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And that was, I mean, that was kind of unexpected, but I knew he was capable but um, I don't see him coming back now. I know he can. He, the guy is an ox and great. The, of course, the language barrier is hard for us to communicate, but we have a year back and forth, and he's an awesome guy, which I didn't expect anything less. Most top-tier powerlifters are. Um, but, yeah, like him, um, you know, yeah, he's going to give Andrew a couple of years, and uh, he'll be there. Uh, you know, it's just – He's just like me, like when I was younger too. Just got you want it right now, but you just got to give it time because if you don't, you'll get hurt. Yeah, uh, Peter um, from Ukraine actually. So if he's in, if this is what his his bio says, I don't know if he's still in the Ukraine, but Frank, man, obviously you know what's going on there. But yeah, it was twenty December of twenty twenty actually that he took the record. So I believe. Um, so we must've been talking. I think that makes sense because we were talking close to, I think around the showdown of 2020, 
and uh, Luke Knoll yeah. showed up, and yeah, that <clears throat> actually does make sense. But it's been a bit though, because you when did you yeah. take that record back then? February. Was it okay? Yeah, it was it, it lit a fire under my ass, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. It it helps, right? To have that kind of fire, you know, to have somebody now. Obviously, a head-to-head showdown. Is it you know, is it good enough to have a record? Do you yearn for a head-to-head showdown, or is the record still like being number one? Uh I mean, I would love for the head to head, because I'm all yeah. about that. I've learned way early back in the day from Ernie Lillibridge Senior how to do the head games when it comes to head to head. So I, I'm always prepared for that. And the, the first three years of powerlifting, I had to go head to head with Eric. So I mean, it, it was great for me that way. But um, no, that one actually—it's funny. I put one of uh, his nation's flags on my desk, right next to a picture of me and Andre. And I would stare at it every day, every morning when I'd go in there on my computer and I'd look at it and it just chewed me up. It was something for America. I mean, I, you know, I had a part to do with it. But then again, you know, just being the best in the world because there's constantly times where I'll go up to the bar and scream that to myself, you know, best in the fucking world. And mm-hmm. it's just, it means something to me. And, and because you've been on top with the, you know, small blip where Peter took it briefly, but you rallied back and took it back again. Um, do you need that, that kind of fire with someone chasing and maintaining on top? And how long do you foresee? Cause you said you're kind of moving a little more into a bodybuilding phase right now. Is this just a temporary season for you? Or are you thinking about phasing out? Like, all right, look at, I don't want to do this a heck of a lot longer. Or... Uh, it depends on what Jesus does. Right. Yeah, you know, and uh, I can't wait for him to do the Sheffield. I think he's going to do great. You know, 2,500 is no small task. Um, I, I said it in June. I really wanted to be the first one to do it, and I fell short just barely. Dropped that 909 deadlift twice, tore my hands, and that would have sealed the deal for me. Um, but, uh, yeah, my plans right now, uh, like as of today, you know, because it could change. But uh, he's going to do the Sheffield, and then three weeks later I'm going to do the Pioneer take my record back and uh leave my leave my shoes on the platform I don't, I don't want to be done I, it's it's time I have my legacies as legacy I mean it's been maybe 10 years for me at that time so I just feel like my exit needs to happen it has more to do with the political nonsense um first off I mean I don't see the Natty, tested, untested, the bias. Everybody's a pilot. Everybody wants one gold, biggest total, in my eyes. It's just that's the way I've always been with powerlifting. But, uh, you know, fuck them kids. Those egos that are coming into the sport and getting ruining for me is what's really irritating me and pissing me off to where I don't want to do it anymore. I just can't stand it. Otherwise, I'm going to catch a case. So, um, for anyone listening, uh, yeah, you're talking about obviously Jesus Oliveras, um, from, uh, when you said it's up to Jesus, I was like, I thought you were being spiritual with me for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he's going to give you a sign. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, we'll take that. But you, but, uh, yeah, Jesus Oliveras got Sheffield, obviously. And yes, if he takes that record, it would be an amazing, let's see what happens. Jesus Oliveras, uh, just for a quick update before we talk about, uh yeah the goings on politically speaking so jesus is i got kilos let's convert well i'll give both so he's at 11 10 you're at 11 27.5 so you're 17 and a half kilos ahead of him 
And uh, what is that in terms of pounds, Arian? That's like 20. That's like he was 24.46 and I was 24.85. Okay. Yep. Okay. There it is. So you got, you got a spread on them. Um, but you, like you had said, you're about how much older are you? A good 10 years older than that, man. So 12, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 12. Okay. Cause I remember back when we had the podcast <clears throat> last time, Jesus said, um, one of his goals, obviously, you know, the IPF world record. And then he wanted just like you had said, straight up period, the biggest record. And you had said, look, if this is going to come, it's got to come now, son. Cause I'm not sticking around forever for you. So, <laughs> so um, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not coming out of retirement. <clears throat> so take a kick at my record and I'll try to take it back. And, um, yeah, it'll be a good powerlifting story. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I look forward to it. I have a ton of respect for the kid. He's a great lifter. He's got a good mindset. Um, it's just a watch you come in and if I, I guarantee they'd be a lot different if I didn't work 60 hours a week. If I, if I could live off my sponsorship money and do the whole, if I was that type of person and wanted to completely throw my entire life at powerlifting, I don't think anybody could even come close. It'd be, I mean, just that dedication. But if I was, like, I can't do that. Like, I'm, I'm always have to work. I've always, that's just been the ingrained person in me since I was a teenager. It's just something. So <clears throat> to have that mindset to where it's like, you know, where the whole weeds thing come from. Like, this sport owes me for things that you're doing. Like, no, it's still a hobby. Like, oh, there's, of course, there's money. This year, I made more money on powerlifting than I ever thought I would. It was insane. But it was, I also had a job the entire time because I'm that type of person to where I would need that forward movement in my personal life along with powerlifting to make the progression on both sides. You're literally, for anyone who's listening, um, you're literally in your work truck, covered in dirt, just got off work. You know, trying to, and you're the number one super heavyweight in the world, you know? So this is, yeah, this is exactly what you're talking about. You're, you're for really, really limited. Uh, how do you balance it then? Like how many hours a week are you, are you training and how can you balance this with your, with your personal life? Oh, uh, you know, I, I also do have fun too. Like I still drink occasionally, keep that to the weekends, but um, no, I'll, up at six, eh, five thirty, six. It's been just kind of depends on how late I'm out the night before. Um, gym by seven, train till nine. Um, work meetings usually until nine thirty, ten, and then just go to work. And I'll work till you know, seven, eight, nine at night, Damn. and then go home, eat dinner, take a shower, and go to sleep. Just right back into it. And is this why it you it, you have the feeling like the sustainability because you've been doing this for ten years? Is it is this one of the reasons why you're like, look, I don't think I want to you want to keep this up? Where it's is it every single day this time? Because that's a crazy schedule. Now it has been the last four weeks. Yeah, that's all. This is all I've done. And then even like on the weekends, I'll get up early Saturday, uh, go to the gym and go to work. I'll work till noon or one, and then I hop on my, my Harley and have the time of my life but yeah because i have sunday sunday's usually the big day sunday's usually when i'll squat heavy or deadlift heavy so then i gotta be done drinking by nine to be able to go to the gym at noon on sunday so just <laughs> make those make those uh periods work and then you know get done training on sunday around three or four and then go watch football 
have a couple beers, get right to sleep. I mean, that's because it all starts over. If I keep myself on that schedule, my I get so much more done. It's mm-hmm. obnoxious. You know, it's just like the last two weeks I've worked over 70 hours and like, I love it every Friday, <laughs> but I mean, going through it during the week sucks, but you know, like I say on Friday, like cha-ching, let's go home. Yeah. 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 And so when you see, what was it exactly for anyone listening, the comments that we's made, cause this blew up everybody in the mother had an opinion on it. Um, maybe you could bring us back. Cause I don't remember exactly what he said, but I remember all the Dan Bell memes were hilarious. You sitting, <laughs> you sitting in the chair and it read like fuck them kids. It was yeah. everyone sharing it. It's a uh, freaking Tom Callis. He brought that to light and then made it a poster. And the funniest part about it is one of my buddies has a home gym and he had a friend over that was a teacher in a school in Northern Illinois. And the teacher saw it and every teacher in the school bought one after the teacher did. No shit. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, actually do have merch. That merch starts flying around. <laughs> it was wild. Like it was completely opposite what it was. And most people, everybody that knows me know that I'm not saying F them kids. So like then the kids coming in just powerlifting. It's just, Wee's actually made a post and he even said in a group chat, like, he knew it was going to bring some controversy, but I think that's what he wants because that's that angle of the clout on on uh, Instagram and whatever is what s- some of these kids are trying to get. You know, hey, I'm the bad guy, and that people like the bad guy, of course. Mm. So, I, I good for him, you know, he, the kid's smart with it, but just still, powerlifting owes you nothing. And his, his that was my big thing because he said something about like the coaches owe him for these kids that he's putting in the sport and the things that he's doing for the sport. It's just like, man, nobody owes you a damn thing. I didn't break my balls for the last eight years because somebody like you wants to come to the sport and think you're owed something. Like, you got to earn your stripes. That's just the person I am. And so it it really just infuriated me. And since then, um, he's, you know, I don't want to say try, but he mentioned me once or twice in a group chat and like I, I got nothing against Dan and I was like cool I can't stand you <laughs> or your ego like that's just you know, so if I'm gonna say it online I'm gonna say it to his face that's just the type of person I am too you know it's that's the one thing I love about Garrett Fear you know and a lot of people hate him but I respect him more because he was the same person online as he was to my face and the first time Garrett and I met in Texas I was ready to throw down just for the crap that he was talking about me and my list online but that in the long run i didn't see it then but in the long run it just made me a better lifter so how could i how could i be mad now we're best of friends i love the kid what was what was garrett saying was he just like oh just the standard keeping keep you know just keeping me uh, like squatting high bench wasn't paused deadlift wasn't locked out type of stuff to where it was irritating and i'm the type of person where i have to value you as a person, your moral compass, I have to value you and your opinion to even give you the, the credit credit that you want out of your opinion. And he just wouldn't stop. So I'm just like, all right, I'm going to block you or I'm going to beat your face in. And we, we met in Texas and he was, Hey Dan, how's it going? Like he was respectful. And I was like, Garrett, I can't stand you. And he's like, I get that. I understand. But I just want you to know, like, I'm going to be the same person now as I, I'll call you out on your shit. And like in the long run, like I said, it just made me a better lifter. 
Yeah, it, it's I like I get kind of both. Where yes, they're they're if a situation like Garrett, he wants he's advocating for better standards and powerlifting is the way he's going to see it. On the flip side, I do get where someone might be like, "Hey, man." you're all over me <laughs> and it's, I'm, I'm going to lose my shit. You know what I yeah. mean? Oh, hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. Like it does work both. Um, but one situation that it kind of like things did get physical, obviously was the, I don't know if you, I can't remember if you were there with when Andrew House no. and, and Garrett got into it, Andrew talked about it. And I guess it was online on the stream um, Garrett had been mentioning like, like, Hey, these are BS calls, et cetera. And Andrew found him in the after party and things got straight up physical. And Andrew's not a small man. Uh, he's, no. he's considerably <laughs> bigger than Garrett. Anyways, so. I got the, I got the story from Garrett and Garrett's like, ah, he literally threw me 13 foot across the room. Yeah. He's like, I knew it was coming, but I, he's like, Act like I haven't had the shit kicked out of me before because I have. I was like, oh, gosh, you're so Midwestern. It's ridiculous. <laughs> have you seen that kind of thing often? Like, have things I have never seen actually things get physical uh, at a powerlifting meet due to the online. But have you seen it or have you seen, like, obviously, uh, yeah. really? You gotta, you gotta think about it there, bud. The meets you go to and the meets I go to are way different. Right. There's That's why I'm at 100%, yeah. my man. What, there's a lot more testosterone in the room. Yeah, just saying, to, right. Not just test either. There's a lot more hormones. Let's just okay. say that. That's fair. That's yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. Um, no, I can't remember back in the day um, some of the UPA meets where yeah carpenter would actually have to throw guys out or people were getting in carpenter's face and it's just like you know yeah i've i've seen it a couple times getting physical i mean not too much between lifters because i like i said you know back in the day that's another reason that the fm kids even came up back in the day the only reason i got into powerlifting was because everybody was so helpful everybody's so nice everybody's cheering each other on yet like I told Eric a hundred times on the platform, I want to kill you. But in the warm-up room, God, thank you. Thank you so much for having your eyes on me. And thank you so, so much for, you know, putting me under your wing and helping me out these the last four years. Like that guy, if I wouldn't have known Eric Lillibridge, I would have never, I wouldn't be here. There's no question about it. And that's the why, the main reason I wanted to be part of powerlifting was because everybody's that way. And I still do that to this day. I mean, there isn't a meet that I go to that I don't help in the warm-up room or, you know, stand by the chalk bowl and tell people, hey, you know, give it everything you got here, kid. Put your lats on. Stuff like that. Like, that's just the type of person I am, and that's what I want to keep passing forward. But <clears throat> new kids nowadays and the elitism that's going through, you know, the higher caliber federation is just almost disgusting. Right? Everybody walks around like they're better than you, and I need my own platform to warm up on. Like, give me a break. It's obnoxious do you think it's like um so do you think it's because social media has made for instance you could be a 20 year old kid you're 20 like six months ago you're a teenager now you're 20 you have like fifty thousand people following you or more you post you'll get ten thousand likes and all and you're still so young and all of a sudden you're not famous. There are for really real famous people like, you know, Tom Hardy, Leonardo DiCaprio style. But in your world, you, it feels like that. And it's hard to separate. And all of a sudden, 
you know, you start doing rhetoric as though, or, or, you know, is it, do you think it's social media that feeds into an ego that's like, you just don't, you know, it gets a little taken. But what do you think it is? A thousand percent. No, oh, it's yeah. exactly where it is. A thousand percent. You know, it's like the people with the ILS syndrome, you we know, were walking around with their big old chest out and their invisible lats. Like outside of powerlifting, people don't give a shit what you do. Oh, you know, like I, I regularly, I get people to ask me like, Hey, uh, are you a power lifter? Or what do you bench? Stuff like that. But like a normal 198 pound guy walking down the street that is this, like John Heck. If John Heck walked down the street, people might ask about his tattoos. People might, he's a little, he's built. I mean, John's hat, John's Jack, but I'm going to get more questions going to 400 pounds than he would be at 200 pounds. John doesn't have those. Hey, I have 2000, 200,000 followers ego. John's, introvert like crazy and one of one of my good friends i I love john but i'm getting a lot more questions than he would and like i said outside of powerlifting people don't know who you are what you do it's just like i had people last weekend at the wpo hey they're from one one guy's from britain like damn bell oh my god can i get a a picture and i was like yeah of course and then one of the gear lifters came up and asked me for help and i helped him too and he's like man i never would expect you to have been so nice and i'm like bro we put our singlets on the same exact way. Like I'm no different than you. And it's just like, you know, uh, everybody gets a big head about it. Okay. If that, if that's your tunnel, all you have is social media. You're going to have a rude awakening someday, kid, you know, especially if the world keeps going the way it is. Do you think, is there like benefits? What benefits do you see of it? If, in, if you're trying to weigh it, um, like them both out because you've been around long enough to see both. You were around before, like obviously there's internet and some versions of social media, but not quite like now where there's like people who have a, a big enough following, they can legitimately start making like some money and people are, you know, starting their own brands of clothing and making money off it and opening, you know, different business ventures. So there's sure. good to it, but then there's, I think what, I'm not sure what the Wheezy, I, I was a little late to the starting line with we, the Wheeze situation, but I think he was saying in context, and I don't know for sure. So don't, you know, take it for the great assault. But I think someone was going at him about um, posting for the gram for social media clout. And he was saying it actually, what I do though, also will bring in new people that are looking for, you know, whatever they see me and they might enter the sport. And that was the context where he was defending himself against someone else. And then, I, but the thing is, if he didn't articulate it appropriately, and then you see it, you're like, what the fuck are you saying? The game owes you something. <laughs> and then yeah. I think maybe yeah. he was trying to say, not necessarily powerlifting owes me, but these people talking shit about me, making fun of me. And this is what I got told, but not by him directly. So, I'm not saying this is the situation. I'm just, I think that whatever. Yeah, no. And I, after I calmed down, I 90% sure I was talking that, and that was like the first couple of days I was on Halo. So I knew my uh, fuse was a little short. So I, yeah, I, I mentioned that. Yeah. I knew, I knew that was, yeah, that was the, that was the first couple of days. I was just going to that meet in the beginning of September out in Washington. So I was like, before, like it had to have been like six to eight days before that and i just like who the hell does this kid think he is but yes i you know since then calm down haven't spoke directly to him but you know, even garrett said you know hey dude 
you you got to call out the person who it is, or you just look like a jackass. Right. And, and that's that's kind of I Garrett and I talked about it afterwards. Actually, in Washington at the meeting, we laughed about it, but it was all neither here nor there. And I, I know a couple of kids that do go to his gym that have said some nice things about him, but my DMs were pretty flooded with people that said he was not the nicest person to be around in the warm-up room or at the gym. And that is irritating to me, yet alone some other things that I've heard about him too, as personal-wise. But just, it comes in territory, and it has a lot to do with the, the Instagram nonsense, like we were saying earlier. You know, it's just... Sure, I hey, I make money off my Instagram, so I I have more power to everybody else that's doing it. You know, like please, let's all get in this game and do it together. But you don't have to act like you're better than the next lifter because you. I mean, nobody cares what your docs is in the real world. Nobody gives a shit what your Wilkes is in the real world. You know, it's just like you're not better than anybody. So help everybody and just move forward. It is um. It is something when, uh, like, whatever the situation originally Weez was responding to, one thing that I do with myself, too, is I tell myself, if someone says something on a podcast or a post directly, like like trying to antagonize me for whatever, um, I tell myself, look, at if I respond, everybody that follows King List is going to see it and not know the context and be like, what the fuck is this guy going on about? And I'm going to look like, like, that's what I always try to tell myself too, is like, it's not a conversation. So it is true. Like what Garrett said in terms of advice towards Weez is like, listen, if you don't tag people and give context, people don't know what you're talking about. And they're going to take it just for that. And they're, you're, you're replying to someone, but for them, the conversation actually started with your statement and it started there. And it's, this is where you start realizing how social media works where, uh, and I'm sure I've dropped the ball at points too. I'm not by any means speaking from a, you know, a situation where I'm like, I've never made mistakes. But one thing I have learned over the years is like, kind of like you said, stay in the pocket with your statements and understand if you're not direct and you got something to say to somebody directly, if you don't tag them or say something or offer this context, it's way open to interpretation. If people interpret it certain ways, it's difficult to walk it back or explain after the fact. It it has a new life, you know. It's uh, you learn 100%. that quick. Um, in 100%. terms, in terms of uh, you know, w- with how powerlifting is going, and it is changing quickly. People are lifting purely heavy singles, straps, pound plates because pound plates get more attention, not because it's all they got in gym, etc. With things like that, and I know it's like you're a purist, right? Um, do Is it almost a reason why, like, do you ever feel like possibly powerlifting needs a guy like you to, to off-balance it? Like, for instance, I, I get it when you said earlier, look, man, I'm starting to get frustrated with this. The game's changing. I don't know if I want to stay in the game like this. But when you were like, man, fuck them kids, and it was just a general a statement, it got shared like crazy. So even though it feels like everybody's moving in one direction, there's a lot of people who probably feel the way you feel about trying to pull it back to the center. So we don't veer too far off. Do you ever tell yourself like, fuck, maybe I, maybe there's a role for me though. Maybe, you know, maybe I should stick around. Maybe it's, I'm the, I'm the off balance. What happens if you leave? What if all the guys like you leave, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I see you there, you know? And I think, um, another good thing, like I've said a couple of times before, Shane Hunt, 
Shane Hunt's kind of the same as I am. Uh, Andrew, as you can see, he is too. All he cares about total. You know, uh, Shane Holler. A lot of the, there's a lot of the top guys now. They yeah, we toe the line. We try to try to keep it in check. Um, and I I don't think I'll ever be out of powerlifting. I'll have something to do with it. But just competing at this level, I'm preparing and prepared to shut it down. Just because I'm not getting any younger. I'm 36. My dad, my dad's 64, and he's had two new shoulders, two new hips. He's had over a mile of surgeries from aneurysms all over him. So I got that going against me already, you know. And I've, when I started powerlifting at 27, I prior to that I said, hey. I might want to cash out of 27, all the cool people do. Yeah, Amy Winehouse, Kirk Cobain, all that. Yeah. But, yeah, of course, of course, that was a joke. <clears throat> and then, like, you know, when I started powerlifting, I was like, ah, I was, I, was already, like, I was already not natty when I started. So, like, I didn't – and I didn't even know there was, like, tested and untested when I did start it. So, I, like, I was already, you know, kind of shunned from the beginning, <laughs> I guess you could say. But – um and I did that for other reasons, and it was it was it had nothing to do with strength, neither here nor there. And um, yeah, it's just I just don't want to be keep pushing that boundary as hard as I have been. And like I was saying, the, for, the first four years I was the walking science experiment. I I took anything and everything I had. It took me to go through that experience to learn now to where it's like, hey. <laughs> More is not always better. <laughs> so, and I want to feel good. I don't want to feel miserable, be toxic. I don't want to do that anymore. I perform a lot better being, you know, even keel under a gram and just having a good time and powerlifting me. Everybody gives me shit for drinking at meat day. Like, I, it's one of the first things I do. I try to do it before squats even start. I crack that beer and, hey, it's time to party. The hard part's over. Let's have fun and do what we do. Does it take the edge off a little bit of nerves wise or no? It's just, like, uh, just, yeah? just hearing that can pop. All my stress is gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel you there, man. I think a lot of people feel you there. Um, how do you feel about that? And like, for instance, a guy I had uh, Joe Sullivan on and he does a lot of content talking about for those taking the path, going, uh, taking PEDs and, we had a conversation about it. Essentially, he's like, look, and I sometimes get pushed back from people who be like, you're, you're, uh, would be the word like encouraging. And he's like, I'm not encouraging. But the point of the fact is throughout, like as long as there's sports or not even just with sports, people are going to do this. That's just fact, right? And um, it, so he's like, I know this. And if you don't give some kind of education, people are going to do it uneducated. If you know people are going to do it, he's like, I know people who have done this wrong, done harm to themselves. It can be dangerous. Um, you know, some for some people, harm has been done that can't be brought back, you know, to normal oh, levels, et cetera. So he's like, I would prefer if I know for fact people are going to do this. And it's like, well, wouldn't it be nice if no one did? Yeah. Wouldn't world peace be nice as well? Right. It's going to happen. He's like, I just want to offer. I just want to offer education. So people don't, you, you will have, look at, I'm, I'm older, man. I remember in the nineties, man, when I was in high school, there was kids on steroids in the nineties on my high school. And they were just on a fucking football team going nowhere with it and just doing it. God knows what they were doing, what information they had and what they possibly could have done to themselves. I got no idea how it ended up. And I'm, this is coming from a guy 
I'm in in the the test in a tested federation, and um, but we have our own sandbox. You know what I mean? It, it's not Joe Sullivan said. I'm not saying cheat. I'm not saying I'm pro any of that shit. He's like, you do it, do it above board, be in your proper sandbox. But for those people doing it, education is never a bad thing to go against education when it comes to something like this. And um, how do you feel about it? Because sometimes some people do give him flack as though you're promoting this. No, I'm a hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. And I, every, every time I am an open book, I have zero problem telling anyone what I'm running, what I, what I have run, how, what I've found out from running different, different strains of other stuff too. I have zero problem with because I don't want people to end up like I did the first two, three, four years of powerlifting. I, I was every going into every meet throwing up because I was taking too much D-ball. I was going into yeah, – okay, we'll come out with it. Last year, I took those eight months off after the current because my kidneys were shutting down. Mm-hmm. Like, I – it, I knew it was coming, and I had to go through dialysis. I had to, I had to do all kinds of crazy shit just to get them back. And now this year, I'm running. I'm hitting twenty five hundred. Still, I did it almost three times this year, and I'm on a quarter. And I say quarter, but like half of what I was before. And I have the best my kidneys have ever been, even even prior to that. Like with the continual blood work and paying attention to little things and, uh, you know, taking my blood pressure medicine on a normal basis and drinking my lemon water to make sure my blood pressure stays lower than I than it needs to be. Because those those little things are going to make me live till I'm 60, God willing. And yeah, I, I love spreading the wealth because I don't want people to make the same mistakes that I did prior to this. And I'll live with those. I love that I did that because I've all, like I said earlier, I've always le- learned the hard way. But if I can help somebody else out and not learn the hard way like I did, then I'm I'm more power to it. They, there isn't a DM in my in my Instagram that I don't respond to. I, I respond to everybody unless it's you know the bear shit, but it, it's first <laughs> stuff stuff like that, <laughs> stuff like that. No, I I am a complete open book when it comes to that. And I Joe and I are on the same page. Joe's a dear friend too. We've all, always seen eye to eye with that that kind of stuff because hey, it's I'm never going to tell you to do it. I'm never going to say hey here here you go here's the here's the pin. But I'm going to be like hey if you're going to do it. Like, this is exactly what I do. You're 160 pounds. Just do this little much and see see what kind of progress you're getting out of it. I'm never going to be like, oh, yeah, just run a gram. See how it goes. No, I would never do that to anyone. And I've had plenty of lifters under me come to me for advice. And I'm like, slow down. Why are you running six compounds? You need two, maybe. Yeah, come on. Just knock it off. Cut everything back. Get some blood work done. We'll see where your level's at. And we'll go from there. That's just the type of guy, yeah. Um, Garrett Fear was on on the podcast, and like this is a little ways back, and he was saying he would tell somebody if he could redo it, he would. He, I think he was saying he would tell himself, "Don't do it. Don't yeah. don't go yeah. that path." How do you feel about that? Would you, or even at the very least, go the go the tested route and not do it as far as you can, or and and then later on decide and see what happens there, or would you say don't do it? Period. Or wh- how do you feel about it? No, I'm always advocating for people to run on the tested side and do like I, I tell John Hack's story all the time because I feel like that was the proper way to do it. You know, 
I, you're never going to know where your potential is because you, but you might hit a couple plateaus or you need to change your, your training up just like John did. I am all for that. Do, do what you got to do in the untested side, be the strong as you can be. And then if you feel like it's time and you want to take that step, go for it. With me, um, t- 2010, I was trying to get in the Marine Corps and I needed to lose 150 pounds. So I started taking testosterone and some Winstrol. And I just kind of, I mean, that's why I, in 2014, I started powerlifting. I didn't, of course, I lost 150 pounds, but I, mean, just, I still didn't get in the Marine Corps. But still, it was just, I had already taken those steps to try to do other things with my life. So I knew I was going to be screwed as far as the test inside was. And like I said earlier, I didn't even know there was a test inside or there was a, a difference. I just thought everybody was was on my first meet i was i was literally taking testosterone and anadrol and i only took like anadrol for like three days and i now that i found out i would have never even touched anadrol ever if i could but i just now it's just like ah oh, man why did i do that to myself but that's how that's how you learn that's how i learned and mm. um, yeah so I, you know from the jump i was kind of cursed i guess you could say but i never i've never once told a person Hey, you should probably get us some tests. I, I would never do that. I was like, you got options and I can help you, but I will never tell you to do it. I just, no, I, I don't advocate for it unless that's what doctors are for. I mean, how easy is TRT to get nowadays? Like, I, I know 30 year olds that are getting it. So go, <laughs> go get that figure, go get that figured out first, you know? Yeah, there are some mighty young people on TRT. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> where it's like are you sure that's what it is but yeah it is what it and is then, isn't there isn't there a certain level you can be at with the ipf no not on trt maybe some other federations but not not trt um yeah you wouldn't be allowed there, there probably is with some other feds though there's there's a couple feds that have testing uh but i don't want to name any because i would be i'd be totally guessing i could just tell yeah. you for sure not the ipf yeah but i've heard that as well 100 percent what do you think now is like the premier competitions then? Because one thing that's different in the, it, on the tested side, you have like the direct, you have USAPL. Now you have USAPL and IPF split, which kind of sucks because the, the talent split as well. So that kind of sucks. But um, at the very least, people can wrap themselves in the, around the head of, in terms of okay, nationals and worlds. But on the untested side, it kind of changes per year. Like we've talked about Kern, um, there's the showdown and like things. What do you think now is that meat or do we not necessarily have a meat that sticks out? And now it's kind of just depending on any given time when the roster shows up. Yeah. It's actually been a beautiful thing to see it over the years because, you know, 2015, 2016, there was never a hybrid. There was never a ghost clash. There was never a battle in the Columbia. There was never a current. I think it was 2016. when might've been the first 17 was the first current. I can't remember. Yeah, no, I think it was 16 because I went to the first current. Um, now it's like, man, you know, at first, uh, two years ago, John and I were talking back and forth to see who was doing what meat so we could both go get the bag, you know, like, hey, you're gonna go to this one to get the cash, I'll go to this one to get the cash. Like, you we would go back and forth, and you know, that's, I mean, John's on the same page I am, you know, hey, totals will last forever. Let's get that money, you know. Yeah. Like, why? Why not? Yeah. And um, yeah, we we butted heads at the current, of course. But uh, that's that's how that goes. And uh, 
Yeah, I, the big ones now is going to be who's ever got the biggest payouts. And it's in between the US, USPA uh, Nationals that J.P. Price just ran in uh, September. That was a big one. That was good. I was glad that that – but that was a spinoff of the showdown. And, uh, you know, there was dumb politics in that. And it's, that's irritating to me because Luke got screwed and whatever. And then um, – Pioneer. I really think Pioneer is always going to be the Pioneer tribute meet, and that's going to be a USPA Texas ran meet, and it's 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 going to be another way for him to give back a hundred thousand dollars. Who does that? Hundred thousand dollars to powerlifting. Um, WRPF is making big waves, but um, they're making big waves in little meets right now. I feel like they're trying to trying to get little meats, do little meats just so they can get a bigger one going with uh, the currents kind of fizzled with Gracie leaving and uh, Mika, I don't know if he dropped the ball or what exactly happened there. I know that South Bay Strengths, the one that had to take over the PPC finals, which that was the one I'm not sure if I'm doing yet, just quite yet. But um, it, is, it is every year. It's a rotational type of thing. And really, I think it should be, you know, you're going to get big names with big money, and that I like that. I like the thought of that. If if you can keep me or John Hack out of there, Blake Luau, then you, there's a lot of people that are middle middle lane that'll have a chance, and they can battle it out. I'm all for head to head. Like I would love to see Jordan Wong and um, jo- Joe Sullivan go at it at the USPA meet there in September. Jordan had a car accident. That's life. And it's just um, those type of battles is what people want to see and big lifts. So, I mean, so it's um, – I know the American Pro next year, Mika, Mika started talking to me the other day about how they're going to do the dots payout, but then they're also going to do the biggest lifts payout. See, that's just another avenue for them to, to go with it. When everybody switched from Wilkes to Docs, like, I was like, oh, great, just another way to screw over the big guys. But <laughs> I, uh, I was right there with at the top with uh, Chad and uh, John for Wilkes, too, so that was no big deal. Like, it was a good battle. And you could when, look at it on open powerlifting all you want, but when it comes to the day of the meet, it might be a different story, as we saw at the curve, you know? Um, yeah, it's just, just, just how it goes. Um, the big meets, as far as I'm concerned of really that's going to stick around i know it's going to be pioneer because pioneer is going to be backed by matt and matt's matt to give the shirt off his back for powerlifting he loves every, every part about it ghost will, ghost will stick around because alex knows what he's doing he's a smart beat director he's giving back to the sport and the sport's given to him so i think ghost will be here a hybrid it's hard to tell what those guys want to do with their money you got too much of it and it's a uh, yeah and, and yeah for sure it's 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 tough because so much goes into being like a meat director and doing all these things. And it's a lot of work for not a whole lot back. You know, it's, it's, it's a like in terms of, well, are they making good money? What do you think? What do you think? Let me know. Maybe I don't know. I know. I know for a fact. I know for a fact. I was still pissed about hybrid two years ago when I total 2606, they handed me $2,000 for winning. And they made $36,000 on selling tickets in the door. And they gave me two grand. Yeah, I'm still salty about it. Whatever, I'll say it. This is the first time I've ever said it publicly. 
Yeah, well, John and I haven't talked about it. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> John's like, they sent me two grand. I was like, yeah, me too. He's like, they're supposed to be missing zero. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. That, that, that kind of stuff, like, uh, but power living, still a hobby. What? <laughs> Why do you think, though, some of these meets close up shop? Why do you think there's such a rotation where they can't really get going and stay going? The prolonged work behind it. I mean, it, it, it really is. You know, so um kind of mentioned it earlier, how the showdown looked at all the legwork, got all the sponsors, got everything going, and then wanted to keep it WRPF, but JP wanted to go USPA. I know there was a lot more details that I missed, but looked at all the legwork and all those sponsors stayed with JP. Mm-hmm. So Luke kind of got butted out because he wanted to stay with WRPF. I'm sure there was much more to it. I'm sure Luke was probably just like, all right, keep it, whatever. I'll go make nice. And Luke's a great guy, too. He's a good major. But then the fizzle, like, Gracie just kind of <laughs> I don't know. What happened with Gracie? Yeah. <laughs> what happened? I, it's hard to tell. It's really hard to tell. One minute, she's having a great time with the meat and cuts all her hair off. And the next minute she's doing hot yoga back up in Canada. I, I, it's hard to tell. It's really, yeah. yeah. You know, women, you come on. Well, yeah. I don't think I do. That's a problem. That's the story of my life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, too good. History would say I do not, sir. But yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. It's, it's oh. tough to tell. It is. Um, yeah, it's it. I would like to see one that sticks around where it becomes like the Super Bowl, right? Every now and then we talk about one that is like, here's the Super Bowl, here it is. Um, and it would be nice so that there was some history involved. For instance, like, like on the tested side, it's easier. You got IPF Worlds or USAPL Nats, but on the untested, I would like to see it so that in 25 years, when we look at previous years of that tournament, we're like, do you remember in? 2022 when dan bell won this do you remember in in that tournament history now there still is a history we're gonna like you took the records which is nice but then um there at least with this it would be somebody doesn't have to take records to get in the history books they just have to win a tournament which sometimes is is really exciting good in sports history as well like if you watch the olympics and it's the 100 meter race even if the guy doesn't break Usain Bolt's record, winning the gold medal, boom, that's huge. Yeah, hundred percent. So yeah. at least if we had that, where it could be every year, all right, you don't have to break the record. You win that tournament, that's the fucking tournament. And in ten years, fifteen years, we can have a history and a lineage. I would like to see that. And it's yeah, the bracket, the bracketry you guys, the IPF has, it's it's great and it, it works. You know, and, and I'm, I know the IPF has. <laughs> God, their bank account's got to be insane. But so they, they, they're financially funded to, to have that kind of bracketry where you, you know, you, I'm not going to lie to you. It makes me a little jealous to see Jesus's Instagram page where it says three time world champ or three time USA champ. You know, like, yeah, I wish Duntested did some stuff like that, but there's too many money hungry meat directors where you can do a backyard meet and, get a world record from a high squad or a yeah. soft deadlift. That's it's just what it is. And it comes down to it. And there is no, and then, you know, there is still, still some people that 
are scared of competition. I just, this kid I coached uh, last week, he, I didn't know there was going to be such a crowd. I got just so nervous. So I was like, oh, well, yeah, welcome to powerlifting. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it um, it's, comes with territory when you get into the taboo side of side of powerlifting. It's just the federation nonsense. Everybody, you can't tell me which way to do this. You can't tell me which way to do that. Well, then we're never going to have a good structure to have a world champion. At the very least, like that's why it's important you took both records first off, raw in sleeves and with wraps, and you could have that kind of undisputed at the top. So when you leave, you have that, you know, where some people don't. And it's it's like a it gets tougher to explain your placement in in the sport in like years to come when you look back. It's like, well, that was undisputed. Doesn't matter where you were at, you know. I had those across the world. Period. Yeah, and that's that, you know taking that one in sleeves. It did seem at me, and and I I I know I'm not done in sleeves. Do I think I'm gonna break twenty five hundred? Sure, you just gotta be gotta be a perfect day like I had it twenty six oh six. You know it was that that was the perfect perfect day, and um, yeah, yeah. No, no, I I'm pretty comfortable with that. You know, even with twenty six oh six, man. I was shaking in my boots at twenty five eighteen, like, oh, there's anybody come out of the water and take this from me. Twenty six oh six, I'm fat and sassy sitting on the couch. All right, good. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, they say with records, um, like you get a lot of fame and or attention. Maybe fame's not the right word, but like attention, anyways. Uh, depending on the sport, like when you break the record and you're holding the record, but then later on, when somebody comes and takes it hopefully you get your kudos like in baseball, for instance, you know, or they, they bring the people in when somebody's about to break a record, like the, the a home run record. If the guy's still alive to bring you in and start bringing you to games or the press will ask you questions. How do you feel about this? Somebody recently, I was at the IPF world junior worlds and some kid took John hacks squat record. That was there since 2016. And you know, in powerlifting for a record to be around for six years is crazy. And um, like, John, how do you feel about somebody taking your squat record? And then some other kids, ch- a junior from Hungary is chasing his total record, junior records. And he's like, you know, this is, this is what it's about. You're not going to keep them forever. And people ask you about it. Like at least your name pops back up and you get a little bit of respect. Like when I was live on the air, I was with Gavin Aiden and I was doing the live stream and I'm like, Gavin, do me a favor look up whose record that is that this young man's about to take. Cause it just says world record attempt. And then oh. he looks on the IPF world's database and he's like, Holy shit. And I said, he didn't say, Holy shit. It's a stream, but he's like, Oh my God. And I'm like, yeah, that's John hack. Have you heard of him? <laughs> it's John <laughs> Hack's record. And he's like the goat now. And this is his junior record. It's just coming now. But uh, do yeah. you think about this? Like you're possible. Cause right now you have both records and this is like a huge chunk of your resume and your legacy. Do you think about when they might be taken from you and, and how you might feel? And is that going to like lure you back in? Or are you like, how do you feel about that kind of stuff? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, okay. 2016, I took Ray's uh, squat record, 936. He had 934 and I took 936. And, um, I remember when he did 1080 at the Arnold and I, I watched it, of course, live stream was paying attention. And I, the first thing I did was message him. Hey, congratulations, man. I don't know anybody that deserved it more. 
Yeah, thank you. It was an honor to be in the same squat category as you. Um, Yeah, and I'll do the same exact thing the next person that takes this one from me. Mm. Yeah, it's just um, this type of person I am. Um, Yeah, I, I, I can't say that I'm not worried about the legacy I'm leaving because when I did break 26 of 6, one of the messages I got from Ed was like, Hey, Dan, congratulations. Hell of a day. You did awesome. People will remember 2606 for the next five to ten years. But people are going to remember you forever being a nice fucking human. And that meant more to me than anything. That you know, if, So in 20 years, when people talk about you know, the first guy to break 2600 or the first guy to have the highest totals in both classes, they're going to be like, oh, that's Dan Bell. He's a hell of a guy. I'd much rather leave that legacy than any other. That's fair enough. It helps put into perspective, right? They, uh, they say like people remember how you made them feel more than anything else. So when you meet somebody, if they're impressed, if you leave an impression like that, like, you know, you uplift them, whatever it is, man, they're more likely to remember that feeling and then associate it with you and be like, yeah. That's Dan Bell. I ran into Dan Bell. He lived up. You know how many times you run into people and they don't live up? When you run into somebody and they live up, it's like, yeah, man. All right. We got one. That was a good interaction. I'm happy I met him. Yeah, definitely. Um, I got some some Erin, do you have any questions here? Because I'm gonna do if you got a moment, Dan, we could do the name game where I mention a name. And if you want to give me one word, two word, three word off the top of your head. Uh, knee-jerk reaction when you hear the name. You want to play that? I ain't saying go. I ain't what? saying it. I don't like it when people say it either. Like go? Ed's a go. Okay. Yeah, Ed's a go. Ed's a go. His time's done. John's not a go in my eyes. John's the best in the world right now. John's the best in the world in multiple categories. John's not a go. When John's done, he's a go. It's just like that's just that's I, I it's and people call me the goat all the time. I get comments all over the place. You say, oh, go, 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 go. Like, no, I ain't done yet. You let me let me finish this out and then you can call me that. Or you know, I see uh, you know, even people like on people that don't even they just they're bench, bench only guys like, go like go to what he, guys, been, you know, the greatest of all time in his gym. <laughs> like, like, I don't know, that's just me. I, I, even since the first world record I ever had, it's like, oh, you're the goat. I'm like, no, I'm not. So essentially, you like to assess goat status upon retirement, kind of like a Hall of Fame. I think there are some Hall of Fames where you can't be in the Hall of Fame unless you're retired. But even by retired by, they want to see retired. Some some Hall of Fames, not all of them, depends on the sport. Want to see you retired for at least a certain amount of years so they know you're not coming back. Yeah, I think it's like seven years in the NFL or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, hundred percent. And yeah, but the the crown, the greatest of all time. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, even for me, it's hard for me to swallow because I just did it in one category. When you got people like, you know, Ed that did it in multiple weight classes, and even now looking at John, like he's done it in multiple weight classes. Like his crown's a little higher than mine, and he's not done yet. But I'm not I'm still not calling him the goat. <laughs> Would you say? Do you like saying goat for a particular weight class? Or do you think you don't even like goat for weight class? You like 
just like straight up for all of the sport? Like, or, or are you comfortable saying, okay, you are the, you know, whatever, hundred kilo goat or, or whatever. You're like, nah, I don't even like that necessarily. I, okay. I think it goes back to my roots to where it's like powerlifting to me is the most weight on the bar. So sure. We can have two twenty total world records. So like that means more to me than like squat world record or, you know, knee sleeve world record or rap world record or, you know, stuff like that. It is the total. Because powerlifting means the total. It's your total at the end of the day. And I've never been a fan of one trick ponies. It's just, you know, like, oh, sweet. You deadlift a thousand pounds, but you squat 750. Like, cool. That's my subtotal. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. There, just me and my look at powerlifting because powerlifting has always been a three-list sport. And, of course, there's weight weight classes. I do – I mean, shit, coming up with the 220s were always awesome. 275 is awesome. 308 is awesome. Super heavies. They got better, got bad, got better. It's just type of thing. But, yeah, I, I just think the, the biggest crown has to go on the biggest total. It's just me. Maybe I'm saying it because I'm biased because I have it. I don't know. Well, look at man, you're entitled to your opinion. There's nothing wrong. Nobody's opinion. There's no right and wrong. <laughs> in a sports debate, there's no such thing as right and wrong. You know what I mean? Like uh, that, that's, or, or very little. I should say there's no such thing. But like that's um, the best. <laughs> best way to say I agree with you, but I don't agree with you. <laughs> well, no, well, no, not a Put it this way. Put it this way. Um, I don't know. I'm a boxing fan. I think Muhammad Ali's the goat. And uh, for boxing, but you could probably pick a smaller guy who pound for pound could like Ali. Here's the thing. So this is why this is why I would say I actually do agree with you because I like context. So you could find a guy in a lighter weight class that moved better hands, ring generalship. But for a guy six foot three, 220 to 30 pounds to move hand speed over two decades and all that. I put context, look at that man move. Like his, when he did the alley shuffle, he could dance around like like a, a guy half his size. I'm like, fuck me, that's the greatest. And he'd be fighting guys, George Foreman, et cetera, who are like right. way bigger. So I'm like, I'm actually, I give him goat status because of that, where someone else would be like, there are guys half his size moving and what they did, and they'll have 200 fights. Ali had like 60. And I'm like, I got you. But I kind of would lean into what you're saying, Dan, where I'm like, but there's something to the fact of like he would be the, he was the heavyweight champ. There was, he was the apex predator doing what he's doing. Um, yeah. And he had supreme shit talk too. My man, talk. His, 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 his cultural relevance was so good at the time. You know, one of his, one of his one-liners off the top of his head, he was like, I'm fast, fast. I'm so fast. I turn out the lights. I'm in bed before it gets dark. <laughs> he's like, that's how fast I am. Fast, yep, man. Yep. Yeah, but um, uh, but yeah, he's uh. So, anyways, I get what you mean. Like in you know, in terms of sports talk, fuck, this is what we do. You're never gonna fight. Well, you move around in circles. You'll never be able to completely pin it down. But I do agree in terms of goat is probably a little too thrown around, a little too easy. Yep. Here's Thank another you. thing with powerlifting: we don't have a proper respect for our history either. We all know Ed Cohen, but besides Ed Cohen, you know, like we have Ed Cohen. Well, besides Ed Cohen, not many people get get sports history with powerlifting, unfortunately. 
hopefully this social media era, if someone's impacted enough people, it'll be harder to forget them. I think people who came before social media are more easily forgotten because their content footprint isn't floating around forever. Look, if somebody ever wants to see content on Dan Bell, like I have people who are Googling because I could see like podcast episodes from fucking like 2017 from King of Lift. So people are finding this conversation we're having right now will be here forever, Dan. If someone ever Googles like world record holders in powerlifting and then they come across you and then they Google Dan Bell interview, they'll fucking find this. So I think, I think your legacy will be probably more lasting in this eras. But um, unfortunately people who were before that, when there wasn't television to help out, no, a lot, not a, well, there was for some sections, but to a large extent, not a lot of love from the mainstream. I think the lasting legacies will be a little different in this era. I hope, anyways. We're putting out enough content, you know what I mean? But, but, uh, that 100%, would be so. 100%. I, I took a picture, uh, Sunday at the WPO with Sean Frankel, and, uh, I was like, you don't know who this is. I don't want to be your friend. Because, like, you know, just like, like no, I, I agree with you a thousand percent. Not enough people look into look into the stuff. I remember watching Dan Reinholds. He has, like, two or three YouTube videos. I remember watching those, like, on repeat, just trying to mimic his movement and his, his hip hinge back in the day. And then, like, I would go through all the old school powerlifters, Brandon Lilly. Like, bring that name up now to a kid, and they're like, who? And I'm just like... Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah, like, yeah, he was one of those guys that didn't live up to the hype either way. Yeah, yeah, I mean, look at man, uh, yeah, Brennan Lilly, holy shit, you're, you're bringing me right. back. It's true, he was right. huge, man, and yeah. then the horrific injury and everything. And like, um, you know, that injury was that that injury was two weeks before my first niece leave me. Oh my that's god, scary. <laughs> that scared the oh shit out my of me. God. <laughs> I've talked to people who were there. I want to say Arian, I think Tina was there, but I don't, hopefully I'm not making that up, but I talked to people who were there and seen it happen. It is one of the most horrific injuries you could see, man. I mean, the double knee, it was absolutely horrific and disgusting. One one of the main videos that's like out there of it, the guys literally back of the room behind the chairs and it sounds like a twig breaking and yeah. I can hear like, yeah. I can go to, I can go to sleep still to this day and hear that same noise when I close my eyes. It's uh, it is absolutely fucking hurt. It's like when you see the videos of the skiers fall down the side of the mountain and their limbs start breaking and they start kicking themselves in the head the wrong way. Like the leg flops up. They're like <laughs> broken, broken marionettes or whatever. Um, You're so Canadian. So Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> true too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah that was horrific man but to your point yeah a guy like brandon literally or even like jesse norris wasn't that long ago jesse norris was john hack he was yeah. he was john hack 2017 or 2016 100%. or whatever and then yep. uh you know he was with mark bell on on the power cast and all the rest of it he was like that guy and then yeah. i don't think people know like some people do but a lot of people won't even know who john who jesse norris is do you think though this is going to be different because what we're all doing now? Do you think those guys like Jesse Norris just missed out, and maybe our legacies will last longer with the footprints we're leaving to an extent? Or what do you think? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, a hundred percent, a thousand percent. I mean, it's going to be easily accessible for the future, but 
then again, I, I fortunate enough to where I played both sides of it to where when I was first coming in, legit, all I had was YouTube and YouTube was very scarce on powerlifting. Like one of the main was like powerlifting motivation. And I'm pretty sure it's ran by somebody different now, but I also am thankful that I came up in that degree because Instagram, what it isn't what it is now. I think it might've changed my ways back then. Um, and YouTube wasn't what it is now to where I, you know, type in squat, you can find out anything and everything you want to squat. And I, I know a lot of people overdo the stretching, the rehab, the, the nonsense of what workout might work better for this direction or what's going to make my squat better. Like that stuff. Uh, you want to squat better, just squat. You want to bench more, you just bench. Like, that's my, that was my mindset when it came to training. Just you want to do something better. Just just do it. Don't don't overcomplicate something. It's easy. So mm-hmm. I'm thankful thankful that it was dumbed down for me. I guess, or maybe it's just me. <laughs> I never claimed well, to be smart. No, but you know, you make a good point though because look at there. Someone had brought this up previously. Like one of the coaches I've had on that they're like, if you noticed. Every year, every couple of years, there's like a movement, like an assistance that everyone seems to do. Now, what is the likelihood that this thing became popular and everybody is getting benefits of it across the board? There's nothing personalized about it, but then it goes away and something else comes. And every 80% of people are doing it all of a sudden. And what's the coincidence? Like, probably not. It's just fat. It just comes into somebody's consciousness. Like, fuck start putting those in my program where it, it thinks you can be influenced look we're living in an influence era where you could be influenced even by like programming even and um like you said to your to an extent it, it there is something to be said about just bare bones stick your you know chin down and keep your head on on straight and just stick with what's working for you and stop shaking up your program with what you see on social media, jumping to a new coach who is hot right now, following a guy that you want to be like, and all of a sudden he's doing this. So you're going to do that where it's like, you know, there is a lot to be said for like, there's clutter. There's some distractions. Yeah. I've done the same exact peaking program for eight and a half years and I'm not, (laughs) not fixing something that's not broke. Right. <laughs> I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I refuse to. I, I, I fix things on a daily basis. I'm not fixing something that's not broke. Well, that's a good way to look at it, too, right? Um, at least not like if you're going to make changes, the small minor changes along the way, as opposed to these wholesale changes that some people do, like adding but take things. it, take it from somebody with credibility, right? Take it from somebody that's been in those shoes. All of my suggestions that I get from Ed, I take straight to heart and I implement them as, as much as I can. Now, if I got somebody that's kind of 1,600 pound total and he tells me he thinks this might work for me, okay, fuck off. <laughs> you know, like, it, it I, all... just don't, I just don't, sorry. Oh, sorry. I, well, no, sorry. If you were going to keep going, you go, you go ahead. Good. <laughs> okay, okay. And I was also going to say, you're a big man and your setup is going to be different than a guy half your size too, which like some people don't take into consideration as well. It's like, yeah. You're not going to set up like it depends on like, like Dan's not setting up. You were not setting up like, you know, even a guy like John Hack, who you would admire respect, but it's like with all due respect though, how John trains isn't going to hit your nervous system or work for your body, your setup at all. And, and, and vice versa where it's, and that's even like, look, you both respect each other. It just won't work. Right. It's like, um, there's too many variables, man, that people don't take into account. hundred percent. Yeah. I know singles for me work great. Eight weeks out, 
I can do singles, eight weeks out, peak perfectly. Deadlift always peaks faster than my squat. My bench, <laughs> who knows where my bench is coming from, but it takes a minute. <laughs> it does take a minute. I know this because I've done this for, like I said, eight years. John, got to be completely different. The guy trains way opposite of me, but he knows what works. There is a few things that John has told me and I have taken to heart. Oh, this is the way you do it? Okay, like, let me try it. Sure. Okay, this is working. I'll keep doing it. This isn't working. Okay, John, you're an idiot. They just keep moving. They're not going to change your respect. But yeah, yeah, 100%. Hey, you got to find out what works and quit trying to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, let's get to the name game here. I actually forgot. I actually brought it up. And uh, hold on a <laughs> second here. All right, let's start it off, my friend. So you could say whether it's you know one word, two word, three words, whatever, whatever quickly comes to mind. Jump it off. Um, Jesus Oliveras, young, great potential, and I just. Wish he didn't hang out with those broccoli headed kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Andre Melinichev. Oh, go. I got yeah, you. His, his, yeah, his, his longevity, longevity through the sport and meeting him and getting to know him the couple years before he got done. Man, I'm almost getting choked up now. What that guy, what that guy did for the sport and his personal circumstances, I would love to give him a pat on the back every chance I can. I, I actually do. I hug him every time I see him. Um, yeah, that that guy has got a heart of gold, and there needs to be a lot more people in the sport like him. He 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 did very good things for the sport. He was soft spoken giant. I love that guy. I'll say it openly. Well said, Andrew. House, house. Yeah, he's young. He's young. Definitely young. Um, great potential. Oh man, I pray that kid doesn't get hurt. The way he trains, you know, it's it's similar to mine, but he high high intensity. So he he's got potential. John Hack. Oh. That's gonna be that's gonna be the legacy legacy lever. He's he's definitely set his stone on Mount Rushmore. He's um and I'm proud as heck that we came up similar times in similar places. And I remember watching him UPA meets in two thousand fifteen, the skinny little white kid from Wisconsin. You know, it's been great seeing him and he's an idol for the sport. He's good for the tested and untested side. That's the way kids need to start doing it, not rushing everything. How about this one? I'm interested. Taylor Atwood. Mm, pretty boy. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's amazing. Well, that's a soundbite for you. Here, enough said. Jamal Browner. No comment. Okay. How about Wheeze? <laughs> no comment, you okay. asshole. <laughs> <laughs> well said, well said. Um, Eric Lillybridge. Yeah, go. And oh, I don't think I, 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 
I you can't I, you can't tell. You know, I, I'd love to say he's done, he's retired, but he he paved the way for so many people from the two seventy five to three hundred eight weight class and demolished records at such a young age. And he was Bane. He was born into the sport and meant to destroy it. I'm proud to know him personally on and off the platform, and I'm super happy that he chose life outside of it for a couple minutes. But it doesn't mean my asshole doesn't pucker when I think about him coming back to it. If for anyone listening, I mean, the, the Lily Bridge era with him, his brother, even his dad was in the Masters and they were smashing. And it was there was a Lily Bridge era where they had these world records and they were like in all the pictures and memes, like they look like exactly what you would picture powerlifting, a powerlifting family to look like. And, um, and they've been around forever, man, from like teenagers, kids, like the dad's brought his, the dad brought them in the two brothers for, and they've been in for a long time. So to your point, to step away for a minute to, you know, just enjoy life and other avenues Whatever. Yeah, I uh, I don't really mention it, but my very first meet was 2005, and Ernie Senior sold me my very first pair of knee wraps, his old France TB 500s. They were um, it was at the French gym in um, Chicago. I bombed out because I never deadlifted before. Prior, it's actually auto powerlifting, which I hate, but yeah, it's um. So that was like where it kind of started. Ernie Junior won that competition and senior actually listed heavier than anyone there and there was like a more geared popular meet like there was people in squat suits and bench shirts and like senior still beat everybody it was just wild to see but i tried opening the same weight as ernie jr and it was like 600 deadlifts and like couldn't even get it off the floor i think it was like 308 <laughs> yeah, yeah it's ridiculous ridiculous come a long way my friend <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but junior's still doing it that's another beautiful thing too the guy's still crushing it just cr- yeah. like n- nuts squatting 800 at 220 like come on man crazy i actually seen yeah he's he's making he's he's putting together i think he must be competing because it looks like he's ramping up all over again and december uh, 5th yeah is that right okay i thought so because yeah. you could see it in his lifts um how about ray williams Yeah, he, he, um, man, <laughs> he was the the IPF USAPL billboard. Yeah, still kind. Of, I mean, I mean, that's that's what Jesus is turning into. So, you know, um, he did a lot of good things for the super heavyweight class too. I have a lot of respect for Ray, and just like Eric, you know, taking putting life first for a minute, and um. There's, you know, nothing official, but talk of maybe them bringing him back to face Jesus at Sheffield. So they, to your point, there's nothing like seeing the big boys shift big weights. This is nothing official. There's rumblings. This is possibilities, right? Talk on podcasts, whatnot. But how would you like to see? Because they're, you know, that, that clash. I just got goosebumps. I just got goosebumps. There's a lot of people don't know what it's like to have that face, like face to face, like game on. You know, I got a real good taste of it taking third place at Big Dogs in 2017. And like I said before, I you know took second place to Eric for a long time. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Jesus does uh, when he gets Ray in his face in the warm-up room. That'll be <laughs> – <'Cause the, laughs> uh, we, 
we might have back to back thousand pounds. You you load a thousand, I load a thousand. It might be like that for the squat. Thousand pound squats flying in the same meat. It's not often you see stuff like that, right? Yeah, but uh, then you know, Jesus watches or um sorry, geez. Um Jesus deadlifts. 860, 880, 903. Yeah, you know, he might do the same thing. I mean, that's yeah. yeah. The only thing that would set and even their benches won't won't be too far off from each other. Praise handful. It um both their last totals. Now I know Jesus's total came down at IPF Worlds, but his last total is actually equal to Ray's last total. Ray had lifted in I think December of 2021, so it's been a minute, but their totals were the exact same. So look at, if there's a passing of the torch, Ray won five world championships. If there's a passing of the torch to be done and everyone's at least on the tested side before Jesus starts taking aim at your records, maybe he's got to, maybe that'll be it. Maybe Sheffield is like, you pass a torch from Ray to Jesus then, and then he could take a look at your records or whatever the heck, or maybe he's going to try to do both at one at Sheffield. Maybe he head to head takes Ray and then looks, let's see what he does total wise. And then it becomes, look at that sets you up to be like, all right, maybe I have one more dance in me. Maybe I got one oh, more yeah. song to sing. <laughs> wish, wish, mother, uh, wish a motherfucker would. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I wish a motherfucker would. I think that's the next post. Yeah. Um, okay. How about this one? This will be the last one. Ed Cohen. Dad. He has been a father figure to me. Yeah. 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 I, Give that guy the shirt off my back. He's been a good, the great presence to me the last um, six years of my powerlifting career. I would never be where I am without him, too. Um, and, of course, the greatest of all time. The guy, if he ever thought about getting a tattoo, which I know is skinny Irish ass, never will. He should get one that says go, because he is. Well, thank you for coming on, my friend. I appreciate it. Um, look at stay safe with this freaking hurricane coming. I can't believe you know it's 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 the wildest. I can't believe we got you in your truck, you're bearing down ready for hurricanes coming this way. But I appreciate you coming on, my friend. Um, good luck. Do you want to give a shout out? Do you have any kind of like sponsors or anything you want to give before we let you go? By the way, I mean, everybody that follows me knows most of my sponsors. Uh, Live Large Zone, uh, Never Been Stronger, Buffalo, um, just yeah. They know, so I appreciate you. You know, man, I've said this to you two or three times now. Appreciate what you do for the sport too, man. It means a lot to me to see the growth and good people doing it. Deserve nothing but the best. Dude, I appreciate you. Thank you for coming on, man. Uh, the door is freaking <laughs> always open. We got to have you back again. Um, and yeah, man, maybe we'll talk about when Sheffield rolls around your thoughts. We'll see if Ray gets announced and it's Ray Jesus. I would love to get your thoughts on it before afterwards, and then see what your reply will be to that. Um, I'm sure you'll let us, everybody know anyways, and, uh, all eyes, all eyes quickly become on you after that. So my friend, thank you for coming on. We'll keep in touch and good luck with everything. Appreciate it, fellas. You guys have a good night. See you, buddy.